Hello and welcome to Series 5 of the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who is passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental health. Each week on the podcast I talk to a different knitter about why they knit and how knitting benefits their mental health. This week on the podcast I'm joined by Dr Cameron Hansford who is a GP with a special interest in mental health. Cameron and I met when she came on one of our therapeutic knitting retreats and she kindly offered to share her story on the podcast. It's important to be aware that Cameron does speak about her own experiences of postnatal depression and inpatient admission and receiving treatment, including ECT. Hi, Cameron. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so I always start with asking, where did your story with knitting begin? Where did you start? So my story is probably quite different to the ones that you've had on the podcast before. Um, I started knitting having had a little experience at school when I was about eight. Um, mm-hmm. learned to knit in some lunch time break and took home the little bit of knitting that I'd done and absolutely loved it. We had no knitting at home. We had no needles. So... Um, I, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I took um, a couple of biros and used them as knitting needles. And I wow. one that I had and started knitting with it. And obviously, despite the fact that I thought I wouldn't be covered in ink, I was. <laughs> um, and um, one of my family friends came over and saw that I was knitting and said, my wife's got this big stash at home of knitting and knitting needles and half finished patterns and she's not using it I'll bring it over so um that was very exciting so I ended up with projects that I could undo and um knitting needles of all sizes um and just started knitting from there um learned the knit and purl stitch and actually from there you can do pretty much anything um, and had and, you been taught those at school or did you have to yeah. figure those out for yourself? Yeah, so I learned those two stitches at school. Um, so this was infant school um, where we used to live in London. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were very busy with, um, we had a Chinese takeaway, so there was no learning from them. They were not able to teach me. In fact, my mum didn't know how to knit. Um, but there were some patterns with what came in this stash and I just started knitting blankets and scarves, the usual starting easy um, items, and then um, gradually went on to baby items. Um, so making little cardigans for friends and family. Um, but I I very quickly stopped making those, more because I would make this very cute cardigan and send it. And within a week or two, the cardigan didn't fit anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It felt I'd spent a lot of time because I was a lot slower at that point um, as a teenager. Um, And so I just felt a bit disappointed, really, that the hard work I'd put in wasn't going to be utilised for very long. Mm. I can't quite remember what I continued knitting after that, um, but was always knitting right into medical school. Um, and it was it was my sanity. It was something that I would do all the time. I had friends that would be like, oh, you're knitting again. I'd go to every you know social group and I'd have my knitting with me. And it became the norm. It was a bit strange if I didn't have my knitting with me. Um, so yeah it was was quite obsessed with it and did you know anyone else that knitted at that point were you um the only one in your like friendship group that was doing it there were a a couple of other friends who sort of dabbled and enjoyed Mm. doing little bits and pieces but I was the one that was just a constant with how much knitting I did um and I definitely knitted during my junior doctor days. That was also sanity. Um, yeah, even when I'd been very, very tired from long shifts, it was still what I went back to. That never stopped. Um, 
and then went on to have my first baby um having got married and the knitting stopped probably appropriately so because I was so busy with a newborn yeah um but was that I, the first time you'd had a gap from it had you knitted fairly constantly no so, so this was the first gap that I had so I was actually knitting um Charlie my little boy a shawl um so a baby shawl with little lace sort of gorgeous bits that I've never sort of done before but I thought my first child I think I need to do that for him um and I started it and I hadn't finished when Charlie came along um and in the first few months you just don't sleep you don't do anything you just feed this baby yeah um and then I became quite unwell about six weeks into postnatally and um from a from postnatal depression and that went on actually into prolonged depression and went um until Charlie was about 15 months and during that time I didn't knit at all um and it became a real struggle to return to knitting there was some mental block that I just could not get over despite knowing that it was going to benefit me I couldn't do it um I can't quite remember when it was after I got better um I restarted again um and part of the tricky thing is that some of my memory has disappeared um having had some ECT during my um treatment after Charlie um but yeah at some point before um having my second one Mm -hmm. I I worked out that actually finally needed just to get back into it and yeah and just bit the bullet Um, can you remember how that felt or is that also hazy like whether it was easy to get back in once you'd made the decision you were going to do it or whether it felt challenging it felt very hard picking up the needles and physically doing it I have no idea I can't remember how I actually got to picking up those needles Mm. and starting but it it very quickly having done a few stitches became right fine I can do this now okay into it and I think by reflecting on the fact that I felt better when I was knitting and Mm. restarting my mental health continued to improve I knew that this was essential for my mental health Mm. Did you know that before or do you think that was a realisation that came at that point? Like, I suppose I wondered when you were a junior doctor and when you were a teenager, had you kind of thought, oh, this is just a thing I do? Or had you kind of put it together with your mental well-being? I took it as a hobby. Mm. I thought it was something I just enjoyed doing. And I think I was it was probably a maturity thing that I just didn't really get mental health in in that way. And self-care was definitely not on my radar actually and I think it's very much not on most junior doctors radars yeah um so yeah it was it was after having Charlie that I realized when I picked them up again how important it was um and when it it was interesting because unfortunately I became unwell again having had Amelie um a few years later and as part of my kind of plan in terms of protecting my mental health, um, I had to write down things that would help me. And I recognised at that point that knitting had to be on that list. So um, I have something called a wellness recovery action plan, um, which I imagine you as a psychologist know about. Um, it's on my list of um, early warning signs as if I stop knitting and that's the thing that my friends will say to me, have you knitted in the last few days? And I'll be, and I'll say, actually, I haven't. And it's like, right, go and get your knitting. And I start doing a few rows and I'm back to being grounded again. And my grumpiness and my early signs of feeling unwell go. <laughs> it's a very, very effective treatment for me. In fact, it's 
probably even more effective than the medication that I, I have to take. Um, so I've got some close friends who know when I say I'm struggling, mm. they'll know that that's the thing that they need yeah. to ask. Not have I taken my medication, yeah. but have I done any knitting? Wow. So that's a really powerful role that it has in your mental well-being. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and what do you think you get from it? You you mentioned feeling grounded. Like mm. what else does it give you, do you think, for your mental health? Is it like a calming thing or is it different to that? Definitely calming. I My brain is always whizzing at about a thousand miles an hour. I go from one memory to another, which is something that I've struggled with all my life. Um, and it just slows my brain down. It definitely grounds me and just helps me to have something to focus on so that my mind can't go round ruminating about memories in the past that would normally be distressing for me I can just focus on knitting and it doesn't matter what I'm knitting from that point of view if I'm just distressed and struggling it's probably best I pick up something that's just some stuck in it um yeah rather than lace knitting um and that's interesting as well with lace knitting if I can't do it that's a reflection of me being not quite well enough mm. um and again I've got friends who will say I think you need to put that one down I think you need to pick up something a bit simpler um so I have different projects depending on how well I am mm. and do you choose them deliberately now do you think that I mean did you always know you needed a range of different projects on the go or do you think that's something you've kind of evolved over time as you've used knitting more deliberately it's definitely developed over time mm-hmm. I used to have one project and that was it yeah it might have been financial with less money as a student mm-hmm. um but definitely now I have multiple projects on the go for different situations and depending on um what's on my list so currently I have a jumper that I'm knitting for a little boy which is very simple stockinette in them in a round and I can do that anywhere in fact I think I told you <laughs> Mia, that I was knitting it in the cinema the other oh, day yeah. <laughs> um, because I can do it in the dark when it's yeah. simple knitting stitches um the bit you have to watch is not dropping your yarn and it rolling underneath loads of rows of seats. That's yes. been a problem I've had in the past and that wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I have to just unravel it very carefully on my lap and and do a bit, um, which is quite helpful when I'm going to see a children's programme, children's film with yeah. my son, bless him. So it's special time for him and he doesn't mind me knitting, but he just loves having mummy next to him. Yeah. So that helps me have some time to refill my mental health bucket as I call it yeah which needs constantly refilling um just because of the stress of my job um so yeah so that's a simple project that I've got I've got something that's for me um which came from a retreat that I went to which you hosted, um, going through um, different patterns and what we needed, whether we wanted something challenging, something simple. And I went for something that was a mixture of the two. So there's an easy bit of this cowl, um, which is just stuck in it, but it's striped, so it's not too bad. It's got a little bit of interest to it. And then it goes into lace knitting with this challenge in the middle of a lateral braid which I'd never done before and it drove me a little bit potty (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) about at least five or six times that I undid it it, but it was such a sense of satisfaction yeah once it was done so that project is in the background um I've got a lace um project that I'm knitting that's been on the go for probably about a year which is um a cow for a friend um which there's no time limit to it there's no deadline she said she can have it whenever it's finished so that gets put up you know picked up put down depending on what else is going on so 
normally it's the babies coming along and the baby blankets and the cats and things that tend to take over there and um when I've got some time I'll I'll pick that up again um so yeah, do you think the fact that it's portable is that important to you and it being like therapeutic for you does it make a difference absolutely I I have knitting with me everywhere so it definitely mm-hmm. has to be portable and generally the projects that will go with me out and about will be the more simple one where I can be knitting at soft play while my children are playing and easily put down a ball so you can put it down at any point even if it's urgent and you can just pick it back up again um and then the more complex ones where I need to sit and have a bit more thinking time will be at home and the larger less portable ones like my um temperature blanket that I've mm-hmm. been in 2021 <laughs> which is on July I think or August um because I haven't nowhere near finished that and that's definitely at the bottom of my list of to-dos because it's about single bed size at the moment wow um so that's getting to the less portable stage definitely definitely less portable yeah um, Sometimes I use it in the car when I'm my son is at Beavers um, and I sit in the car and wait for him. And mm-hmm. that actually keeps you quite warm in the car during winter times yeah. whilst knitting. So that's helpful. And then it's just impossible to knit it during the summer because it's just so hot sure. and heavy. Yeah. And yeah. what kind of um, what do you need the more complicated ones for? Like what? Uh, what would they help you with? The more complicated patterns is that for? Does there a like mental well-being purpose of those, or is it more for fun? It's a combination of the two of those. Um, I think sometimes I just need a little bit of something more taxing and challenging for me, um, because although stockinette is very easy, it doesn't really challenge my brain. Yeah much um and it helps to distract more when I'm knitting something more complex than doing stockinette yeah so I can do stockinette whilst I'm watching tv it still grounds me but it's fairly easy um whereas when I'm having to do yarn overs and knit into the back of stitches it just needs a bit more thought and and that can be very helpful and distracts from the craziness of life and children and yeah so sometimes the complicated project might bring you back a bit more into the moment because you have to use all your focus yeah yeah Yeah, sure are there any other ways that you feel like knitting benefits your mental health I I use it as a um showing my love for friends and family so I tend to I often pray over blankets that I'm knitting for babies who are due to come along um and the time I spend with it will be with love as well as I knit um remembering who it's for um and I know that the people I will give that to will appreciate the amount of time I've spent on it um and also this kind of satisfaction and um achieve the sense of achievement that I get which improves your confidence as well so there's multiple benefits of knitting but the biggest one will be for my mental health so if I couldn't make anything if you gave me a ball of yarn and that was all I had for six months I would just keep using the same yarn and knitting whatever and it wouldn't bother me that I couldn't make something I just needed it for my sanity really yeah so it's mostly for the process yeah and the it's a bonus to that sure and it sounds like you enjoy the gifting like a lot of what you make is gifted yeah yeah I think that's one of the issues actually is that I've knitted to gift a lot um, and knitted very little for myself mm-hmm. um, and that 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 was actually part of my therapy really when I was unwell 
um, working out that knitting for myself and making something for myself was quite important or as part of self-care, um, which people can get from all sorts of things, um, whether that's, you know, going and have some, some beauty treatments or having a bath. Um, but for me, I hadn't really given myself any love really. Um, so making something for myself was quite important. And have you started doing that now? Um, so I, I've only completed one project, um, for myself, which I did whilst in hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in the mother and baby unit with Amelie and it was during my, uh, compassion focused therapy in hospital that I recognized I hadn't given myself any care and I had my knitting needles with me Um, it's funny looking back that I was very unwell but I said I'm not going into hospital unless you let me take my knitting needles with me um which is quite tricky in a mental health place as you can they they don't allow anything sharp at all and I said well I'll take my wooden ones take my ones and they were like yeah that's fine you can keep them in the staff room when you're not using them okay fine I'll do that and so I had them with me initially was only making very simple hearts and things because I was too unwell but my friends very generously brought in and gifted me some beautiful 100% merino yarn which pinky purple colors and it's absolutely gorgeous um I think I showed you before so it's a sort of marbly yeah it's beautiful and really soft and I was like actually I need to do this for me um and I picked up I chose a, a lace pattern really to challenge myself which clearly was rather silly and unwise at the time because I wasn't actually well enough but what it showed me was as I improved in terms of my mental health during my stay it progressed and managed to knit more and more so that was a really good reflection of how well I was yeah um I didn't finish it in hospital but um I think I only finished it a few months ago in the winter but it's really yeah it's really nice to have something that I've made for me um means quite a lot that I've done that and I wondered about, like, it sounds like in that project that Jan was gifted, but it it sounds like it added something that it was like, in you know, the pinky purples are very much your colours, aren't they? <laughs> and that it was soft. And I wondered how much like the materials and colour, like how much that makes a difference for you. Yeah, I love soft yarns. I'm a bit of a sucker for gorgeous yarns. Um, so generally for the baby blankets that I make and cardigans they are 100% acrylic you know having had children you know that they need to go through the washing machine multiple times and tumble dryer but if I'm making something for a friend an adult I would say an adult um or myself it would be the more fancy yarns mm-hmm. um so merino silky cut um type yarns um can't really afford cashmere so as much as I would love to knit with cashmere maybe something in the future that I could do when my children don't cost so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've never tried knitting with cashmere either um okay so it sounds like you do get something out of the the tactile kind of sensation of while you're knitting and the color also does that make a difference or not so much yes definitely mm-hmm. um so I do try to make f- find colors that I like but I have to bear in mind that the recipient needs to like it too yeah so there are times when I knit something and I'm like mm, this green really isn't for me but it's their favorite color and I think if I'm going to show my love I need to to use that um so definitely it's a combination of the two I have to be realistic that giving everyone something pink is not going to be (laughs) as much as everybody's thing (laughs) no no but it was just perfect with the pinky purple for myself um picked um for the cowl that I'm making from the retreat project I chose some purples and pinks um which are just my color so that and that and in fact it's 
it's almost good that it is exactly for me and means I'm less likely to go, oh, maybe I should give this away and it's a bit selfish to keep it. Um, but it's not going to suit anyone else. It's 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 definitely me in there. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you, you still feel that pull to gift it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely that selfless, selfish concern of keeping things for myself that's still sort of in the background. It's definitely far less than it used to be. But there's always that, oh, but I could show some love if I give this um, to someone else. And that shows that I'm not so selfish. But it's, it is a part of my um, growth in terms of looking after myself yeah. and developing and confirming to myself that I am giving myself compassion. Yeah. So it is getting there. Yeah. So it's part of your like homework, really, to make it for yourself. (laughs) Definitely. will keep me accountable to that. Yes. And I definitely think that's part of the sentiment of the retreat is for that uh, Cal to be for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I know you've spoken about a couple of significant projects, but I always ask about is there a significant project that's particularly significant for you that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. It could be something you've mentioned already or something else. Yeah, the the scarf that I made in hospital is probably my biggest, um, most significant project just because it was so powerful in learning about why I was unwell in terms of self-care being completely non-existent and it shows my journey of improving and something that I can have now that's soft and comforting and a reminder of friendships and it's the kind of pattern where you get some compliments and which Mm. is always nice it's not something I do it for but compliments are always appreciated um so there's so many benefits from just even looking at this project so um sounds like it's a very meaningful item for you now and do you wear it out um I haven't done Mm -hmm. and I probably should do more um probably because I only finished it mid-winter yeah. <laughs> winter it's been three years so it's taken me a long time to finish mm-hmm. it um and I think I've just it's just sat on the side and not become my part of my normal getting ready and going out outfit and I think if I put it next to my coat I probably would wear it a bit more yeah I think it's the it's certainly the only project that makes me emotional if I hold it and think about all the things it means to me uh, so yeah that's that's that would be it mm. sounds like it's had a very important part of your journey and teaching you lots of things absolutely mm. I suppose I wondered whether there were ever points where you'd done other things that were similar to knitting because often we're the kind of people who I don't know start doing things with your hands and then you end up doing some crochet or doing some embroidery or different things I wonder whether you had done other things on your crafty journey and ended up sticking more with knitting for a particular reason or whether it was always knitting and you just stuck with that so I I wanted to try crochet um and I went to a knitting and stitching show a few years ago and I went on signed on to a workshop to learn but I'm left-handed and I said I'm left-handed is that going to be okay I said Mm -hmm. oh I don't know how to teach left-handed crochet so it completely put me off Mm. and although I have tried it with some YouTube and things I think that psychologically has really impacted on my ability to go yeah I can do this um and when I have tried it and even succeeded, I've just not got that joy out of it that I get from knitting. Yeah. Um, I loved cross stitch. I used to do cross stitch. 
but there's nothing you can gift or do anything with which is my frustration it takes a long time to put those little crosses on um and yeah so there's there's just not quite the benefits from my point of view yeah to make it worth my time and it's definitely not portable you can't take my needles and sharp needles and threads and things with me yeah yeah I think I also struggled with the fact that it didn't feel useful at the end like I didn't know what to do with it Mm. when I'd done a cross stitch Mm. um so it sounds like it is important very important to you that it's portable is it about the feeling that you get when you're out and about and that helping you be in different situations or is it just about you being a busy person who can maximize your time that you can get a bit of your me time reclaim a bit of me time while you're doing the things you have to do in your life um yeah definitely the latter right Um, yeah I my children take up a lot of my time sure is how it should be and I don't resent that at all. This is a, you know, parenting is precious. And so I I catch bits of time as much as I can to knit because even just a few stitches will top up that bucket of mine. It doesn't take many stitches to top it up. Obviously, sitting for a couple of hours in the evening will. Um, but often I'm very tired having done a long day Um and so it's not, it, it, it's just slightly different to doing it during the day when I'm a bit more awake. Um, and yeah, utilizes time, you know, being on my phone just isn't the same. I could scroll through social media and why not make it productive and do something? Yeah. Um, but it's also, I guess, important to say it helps with my concentration Mm. Um, and there is evidence that it can do so I often knit through um seminars a bit easier now we're on teams and zoom yeah. a bit more um but I knit at church um and I sit there and listen to the sermon and, and do my knitting and that really helps mm-hmm. as well so yeah have you ever had anyone um kind of not understand that it helps you focus in terms of, I don't know, people know that you're knitting if you're on a team's meeting or something. Um, I don't know, do people get, because I would also feel like I was much better at concentrating on a training or something like that, where it's a lot of sitting and listening. I don't naturally find that that easy. And Mm. with knitting, it would help a lot. Um, But I don't know that everybody understands that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, very lucky privileged to work with a group of mental health nurses who get it um because one of my jobs so I have two jobs and one of my jobs is um mental health specialist within general practice I'm not a psychiatrist but I have some extra um roles that I do and part of that is caring for my amazing team and um, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but Caroline is a knitter um, and we both, you can tell we're both knitting <laughs> on a team's call. Um, and I would have no embarrassment or concerns about saying to someone, the reason I knit is to help me concentrate and yeah. that's actually beneficial to me. Um, I've never needed to justify it. I think people are probably becoming more accepting I think it's changing actually I've been to various trainings in person recently and obviously as a psychologist you know being trained by psychologists usually maybe we think more about it than other people do Mm. probably um but you know they've been things for people to doodle and you know people have been kind of encouraged to you know to do whatever they need to do to focus (laughs) Mm. there's kind of an acceptance that not everybody just sits still and listens and that in Mm. fact I think it's rare that people find that very easy to be honest I fall asleep (laughs) yeah (laughs) I certainly would if I was watching tv in the evenings and I wasn't knitting yeah I put my knitting needles down if they're about five minutes later obviously (laughs) I'd be the same Um, Cameron, I'd love to know about your relationship to mistakes in knitting, because my assumption is and my personal experience is that they happen often. (laughs) And to all knitters, how is that for you? 
that has changed significantly. Has it? Okay. Yeah, I used to be a perfectionist when it came to the stitches all had to be correct. Absolutely no wrong stitch anywhere. And I would sit and tink lots of rows, even if that was 10, 20 rows, I would just do it and, re- you know, and then go back again um, to get it perfect. I think that's been quite tricky with the temperature blanket because I, I don't know if you know about temperature blankets with a range, you you sort of assign a colour to a range of uh, temperatures. And so you have to knit that colour for that day. Yeah it's a bit wrong if you knit the wrong color so that specifically needs to be correct um but I've gradually over time been more accepting of mistakes um and I think that's part of just maturity as well as how I approach things um with all the experiences that come with growing up I guess um so what we call fudging it happens a bit more mm-hmm. and I've noticed that actually other people don't notice it so you can gift something and there's a subtle bit that's there's the cable's not quite where it should be but they don't notice and actually it's okay yeah um and that's actually good learning for me to keep reassuring myself they don't really notice it's okay yeah so yeah so it's it's far less of a concern now um but it does certainly depend on the mistake so if I'm doing some lace knitting and it's really obvious then that would bother me but it's just in a corner somewhere I'm happy to leave it Mm -hmm. and does it feel like you've got to a more peaceful place with mistakes definitely yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I know when I was speaking to um, somebody from Project Knitwell who's taught lots of people to knit and many health professionals because they go into, um, it started in a NICU, so teaching um, mothers with babies in NICU and they were also started then teaching some of the staff and um, they were saying health professionals do tend to be perfectionists and I guess you can see why that as a doctor or a nurse or many, um, you know, pharmacist um, mistakes can have big consequences and you can see why that being somebody who has good attention to detail and thinks about mistakes and fixes them is very important but I think also that that can mean that knitting can be a really freeing and good place where you can have a different relationship to mistakes because the you know it it doesn't ultimately matter (laughs) that much yes so having an outlet I guess for that is yeah important I guess if you're a surgeon it's even more important um from an accuracy point of view um yeah definitely it is a definite personality that is attracted to medicine um and other um allied health professionals and nurses I wondered about um whether it's made any difference in mistakes in other areas of your life because I suppose I feel like I'm a bit better at tolerating the process or appreciating the process with things like you know having my own business in private practice like not feeling like I needed to know all the answers straight away seeing it a bit more as a process and you know things not working out and having to kind of learn from those things I feel like from knitting I probably got better at managing those things I don't know whether you feel like you're more accepting of mistakes in other areas of your life as a result of growing in knitting? (laughs) Definitely. I think on a smaller scale, um, if I've ordered the wrong item, for example, you know, shopping and it comes and, you know, rather than kicking myself and being quite destructive in, in being annoyed and upset with myself, I'll be... I quite like it is what it is, is my phrase that I use. It is what it is. Let's change it. What can we change? All we need to do is return it and get an alternative. And there's always, always an alternative or a solution. And I'm very much now focused on a solution rather than 
the destructive thoughts that come with mm. mistakes and not trying to find an alternative. So it sounds like that's a more peaceful place too, actually, rather than getting into a negative trap. Yes. Yeah. And do you think knitting helped with that? Or do you think it was the other way around, that it was a more shift in you and then you changed your relationship to mistakes in knitting? Maybe it's hard to know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder whether they've both happened together um, and and that's probably related to some of the therapy I've had um, and not being so caught up in those thoughts and it's just developed with some friends saying it's okay to fudge that bit <laughs> mm. and I, I show them the bit that I've fudged and they're like yeah can't notice it it's okay and it's just gradually been throughout other aspects of my life has knitting brought new people into your life oh definitely definitely um there's this absolutely huge group on Facebook um, of medics so generally medic mummies um, who all knit or do crochet or do crafts the group's called pins and needles um, which is quite apt and is it's just great it's the most positive group that I'm in often with other groups for you know whatever topic it's about there's always some conflict but this is just the most encouraging positive group and I love it I love the support you can ask questions and there's no judgment to that you get the praise and appreciation for something you've made and so the community out there is really big. Um, I can utilise that as much as I want to. And does that make a difference to your kind of interest in knitting or on a, I don't know, mental well-being level to feel like it connects you to new people? Or is that an added bonus? I think it's more an added bonus for me. Um, I think I'm very lucky in that a few close friends also knit um, other medics and supportive WhatsApp groups as well um, in all sharing that. So I've been lucky in having multiple channels of support. And so Pins and Needles is amazing and I wouldn't want it to leave my life. I think I would definitely miss it but it's not my absolute key part of why I knit. And sure. So it's a kind of cherry on the top of that. Yeah. A nice added bonus. And it's a chat in there mainly focused on the knitting and the craft rather than the medical stuff. Or does it get, does it stray into both territories? It's mostly craft. Yeah. But there's occasionally someone's made a, um, a surgeon's scrub hat for example okay. or making crochet um, items where it's I don't know I've seen you know bugs microbiologists knitting viruses of different shapes <laughs> or um, all sorts I mean anything you can think of that can be made out of crochet has probably been made on there um, there's also all the lovely sewing items as well. So it's anything that uses a pin and you know, pins and needles, literally. Um, Such a great name. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think often, there, you know, there's little things that come up which are medical, but it's very much, an, you know, a craft out, you know, craft. Like a space for sharing those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Sure. And I guess it's nice, isn't it, to have a different identity, like even within a medical community, to have a different thing that people know you for or that you connect over that isn't just work. Yes, I I have at times felt my identity is someone's mummy and mm -hmm. a doctor. Yeah. Because I wasn't, I'm not often just Cameron. I'm, oh, I'm Charlie's mummy or I'm Emily's mummy. 
or I'm the GP that's down the road. Um, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely to have something that is part of me. Yeah. And it sounds like you've managed to actually got, you've got connections knitting wise in your real life with friends that you see face to face plus new people yes. online. Yes. Um, I would love to hear about whether you have a stash, Cameron, and what your relationship is with uh, stashing or not stashing yarn <laughs> or yarn shopping. I, I'm one of those people that probably has more yarn that I'll, than I'll be able to knit in my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I see beautiful yarns and it's really hard not to. I have been more restrained recently just because... I don't want it to sit there and kind of not get used and loved. Um, but yes, I have to admit that over the years, the the stash has grown and my husband probably doesn't realise which kids <laughs> have hidden stashes in. And often I actually forget that I've got stashes. So I'll open up a cupboard and go, oh, forgot that was there. <laughs> get it out so that I can see it you know visually in my room and maybe have a think about what to make with it yeah and how do you choose the next thing to make usually it's often related to what's going on in life in in the last few years because of my age I have friends who are often having babies yeah um so baby blankets has been a common thing um to make and I think I I just see where I am at that point in life and what's going on for me if things are quite settled then I might pick something a bit more challenging and see what what's out there um if times are a bit of a struggle and I haven't got anything more simple to do then I'll find something for that um Ravelry is great I use Ravelry for pretty much any project because there's just so much out there without having to buy books I can't remember the last time I bought a knitting book mm. whereas that used to be the thing I'd buy books on how to make all the baby items um and now you've got literally the world's your oyster isn't it yeah so it sounds like you do think about the balance of what you have on your needles already and what there's a gap for in terms of the type of process involved. Yes. And what you need at that moment. But also that, I guess, if you're gift knitting, that there will be a recipient in the waiting, either about to be born or mm. something for somebody. Yeah. I mean, the the most recent one has been slightly different. I saw a friend's child on Facebook and their cardigan was a bit tight so I said um would you like me to knit another cardigan <laughs> for them <laughs> they were like yes please so I've made the cardigan and I'm making Big Brother an equivalent as a jumper um which I'm very much enjoying and that is now at a fairly simple stage so that's portable mm -hmm. as for a, a sort of six seven year old age um yeah, so I'll find projects along the way as yeah. well, which kind of naturally show themselves. Yeah, and it sounds like you do get a lot from that gifting process as well, that you enjoy that kind of knitting the love and giving it to somebody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sure. I always end with asking, what is the greatest gift that knitting has given you for the rest of your life? What comes to mind for you, Cameron? So two things. The first is I know that for me, knitting has to be for the rest of my life, even if it's in small amounts, because of how vital it is for my mental health. Um, I'm in the never not knitting yeah. category and that cannot change. And if and if I'm unwell, I will need to remember that. Um, and then secondly, just the gift of the community, as I say, with friends and GP groups, or sorry, not GP groups, um, social media groups that love knitting um, and the benefits of that as well. But yeah, ultimately, 
really for my mental health and my well-being Mm. and I wonder I always say that I think one of the benefits of knitting is that you can do a teeny tiny amount like if you're in a headspace of it feels very challenging or doing anything feels challenging and I wonder whether that in your experience of when you were unwell and struggling whether that made a difference to be able to get back into it that you could just do a tiny amount I guess with other hobbies they're more challenging to access in a way where you have to set up loads of stuff or it might take it you might you might I don't know with dressmaking I find it takes me at least 20 minutes just to get a sewing machine out and plug Mm -hmm. everything in and thread the thing and with knitting you can just grab it easily yeah absolutely I I have had times where I've just been able to do a row or two Mm -hmm. and then put it down but the satisfaction and the that grounding even if it's just for a few minutes Mm -hmm. is significant for me I don't have to sit for hours and hours knitting to feel better mentally I can Mm. just knit a a row particularly when and also when you've had a really long day absolutely shattered need to close your eyes imminently I kind of think actually just a row of knitting before I go to bed will make a difference for Mm. me I feel like I can feel it in my body if I haven't knitted for like a day or two. It's rare that it happens. But, you know, if all of a sudden you've been, I don't know, you've travelled somewhere on holiday or you, especially when my children were smaller and they couldn't be, you know, read a book or something. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I can feel it in my body that I haven't knitted. Like, So I wouldn't ever not take a project on holiday no I would bring it but you know when you've had a day where you've spent the day in a car getting somewhere or something you kind of think oh I haven't managed to do any today or yeah my hands start twitching yeah yeah I feel like it's almost a bit like I imagine I've never been a smoker but I imagine it's like a slight restlessness of not it's an addiction isn't it yeah it's a it is definitely an addiction for me Mm. but I do feel like there's something physiological that resets when I do like you said even just a little bit and it feels like an amazing superpower to have access to (laughs) there's neuro pathways that get stimulated Mm. with it I don't know all of the science but there's definitely something going on in in your brain that's making this all beneficial Mm. I had somebody who contacted me who has a heart condition that means they need regular ECGs and said that they're doctors had asked them what were you doing at this point and this point at this point when their heart rate had gone down and that was when they were knitting so yeah they knew for sure and I'm sure that's true yes <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah well Cameron it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you thank you so much for coming on thank the podcast you. I'm grateful for your invitation to join you and have this conversation so well I feel like it's a big treat for me to get to speak to people who feel as passionately as I do about the benefits of knitting so thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the why I knit podcast if you'd like to find out more about my work you can visit my website which is therapeuticknitting.org You can also support the podcast by donating monthly on Patreon. You can find out more by visiting patreon.com forward slash therapeutic knitting. You can also follow me on Instagram at knitting is therapeutic. I always love to get your suggestions for people to interview for the podcast. So if you or someone you know would make a great guest on the podcast, then please do get in touch and let me know. You can email me at mia at therapeuticknitting.org or you can get in touch with me by direct message on Instagram.